And we're live. And hopefully this time the stream doesn't break halfway. So, cheers. Quite an interesting topic today. Which um, something was discussing with uh, well, Crusader number one, Crusader number two, the scout and the cleric. Last night, actually. <clears throat> but um, ah, LS sixteen. By the way, thank you very much, sir. Got your email with that information, and uh, really very very kind of you to uh, to send me all that stuff about. Uh, different kinds of bug spray. I, I particularly like the, the bit you mentioned about how, um, um, you know, if you're spraying it for like garden use, it's fine. But if you're, if you're using it like with the, with the airplane sprays and you don't get the mixture just right, it can turn solid in the tanks. And how you never told the pilots that, because those guys are twitchy as it is. <laughs> that was hilarious. That's beautiful. So, okay, it looks like, I don't know, there's one or two of you here, because I've got two thumbs up, but it um, seems like only one, three thumbs up. Okay, there's got to be more than you, maybe I can't see you. Mm. It is extremely hot here. Dan Boone. Oh, thank you very much, sir. Happy Feast of the Sacred Heart to yourself, too. Um, yeah, I think there's only two of you here for the moment, but that's all we need. <laughs> it was a bit impromptu, and uh, um, if, I guess, people don't catch it live, it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll see the stream afterwards. Anyway, I wanted to talk about non-Euclidean geometry and the concept of you know, other planes of existence, because Cooper Chauvin, hello, sir, you've left a funny comment, I can't remember what it was, oh, you're the guy that noticed that the color purple relates to the Kurgan when he's talking about things that don't relate to each other, very good, I was quite impressed with that one, um, <clears throat> If there's something wrong with the stream, let me know because um, I have had uh, I have just done a hypnosis session on Skype, which all went very well. So hopefully the stream is okay. But I don't know. I, I keep seeing people clicking in and out, so I, I don't know if that's just you or not. If uh, one of you that is here at the moment, um, oh, yeah, good. I don't know if there's lag or anything, but let me know how the stream is going, if you're seeing it clearly and if you can hear it clearly. As that you're just about to read your blog post about moving to Italy, then I got the Telegram notification. Excellent. Good, good. So. Um, Non-Euclidean geometry. Why I was talking about that? Well, because if you're Catholic, you clearly believe in, you know, angels, demons, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in between, which, you know, people maybe don't talk about, but it's still there. Like, you know, fairies and that sort of thing. And are they all evil and demonic? Who knows? 
um, generally speaking, the Catholic Church and priests will tell you just stay away from all those things, which they would, because, you know, there are dragons out there in the unknown lands and you don't want to bump into one of them. Um, but the point is um, that I've had some very strange experiences, which I'm not going to recount here because it's it's pointless. I mean, it just, you know, the, the, if you've had a similar experience, then you can relate. If you hadn't had a similar experience, then it means absolutely nothing to you. I can never prove it to anyone that's outside of my head, so it's, it's kind of pointless. But um, the reality is that I'm not the only one that's had these type of experiences. There has been a very well-documented case. Unfortunately, I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, but this guy basically took off with his plane to go to, I think it was Florida. And I, I can't remember if it was from Bermuda to Florida or something like that. Anyway, a, a trip that's usually over two, two and a half hours. And he did it in like 25 minutes or something. He had like this green cloud, flew into the green cloud, came out. It's like, hey, that's Florida. It's like, have I lost time or something, you know? But it was really well documented because obviously the time that he left and, uh, you know, was tracked by the uh, the tower of the airport that he left from and of course the time that he arrived in in Florida where he was going to land at the airport there they they knew the time they were like hey you're kind of early because you have to do a flight path before you fly and all that um, so that was one particularly well documented case but there have been other cases of it um, just perhaps not as stringently documented as that one you know people appear and disappear all the time um, there's a very good book called um, oh, by a guy called Vadim Zeeland, uh, The Space of Variations, I think it was called. And he talks about pendulums. And anyway, really interesting. But the point that you know, I realized yesterday talking with one of the most loyal henchmen, because uh, he showed me this five-minute video of this guy who used non-Euclidean geometry to do rendering in a computer so that you know you look into this little tunnel and when you look in the tunnel it looks really short but then you look on the outside and it's really long and then also you can go through a tunnel that makes you bigger or shorter um, and if you keep going through the tunnel that makes you bigger eventually you're too big to go back into the tunnel to make you short again so it's very interesting now you're sort of saying oh well but that's just computer simulation but the important thing to understand is it's not a film in other words it's you know a film is just a bunch of still pictures that are run through quickly and they can make you see whatever you want this program is mathematically designed using non-euclidean geometry so it's not um, you know like oh we're just gonna film something and then we're gonna make the guy disappear and we'll just keep filming without the guy there and then we'll film with the guy again so it looks like he appeared somewhere else no it's actually a uh, representation of a of a real physical thing um, and for those of you who don't know what non-euclidean geometry is that's what the the still image that was uh, the holding place for this so euclidean geometry is basically flat plane like 2d right and uh, non-euclidean geometry is where the shape on which you are operating is actually not flat or it's you know it's a sphere or it's a rhomboid or it's some weird stuff um thank you dan boone the pilot is bruce Jerno jr thank you i do remember the junior part 
he has never changed his story and passed multiple polygraphs. It's not just that he didn't change his story. There are two airport towers, one in where he had to land and the one where he took off, that actually have his flight time, his flight logs and everything. So, yeah. Now that guy went through a mini wormhole, which is supposed to be impossible because a mini wormhole of, of you know, one meter wormhole about this size would have to convert the energy of a planet the size of Jupiter to create that. All the matter inside the planet the size of Jupiter would have to be converted into energy at 100% efficiency to create a wormhole about one meter across. Now, a plane is obviously much bigger than a meter across, so that's supposed to be impossible. Well, it isn't. Shit happens. Um, there's other things. There's a guy who's written a book, and it's a fiction book, but... I've had experience that make me think that that guy knows something and has had an experience that I can relate to, where um, he basically meets this woman in a, at a party or something, and then he talks to her, and he has an affair with her, but he, he only, you know, she's like one of her rules, like you can only come and see me on like Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. And so he has this affair with her for like years, and then like one day she's just not there, disappears, and... He's like, but what happened to that apartment? And the apartment is not there. And the building is like different. And it's like from one day to the next. And it's like, what the fuck happened? And like everybody in that building is like, what are you talking about? There was never a room there. There was never a building there. There was never a lady there. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? And um, Vadim Zeeland in his book, The Space of Variations, I think it's called The Space of Variations. Uh, I, can't, I can't, well, maybe that's, anyway, the guy's name is Vadim Zeeland. Oh, trans, what? Transurfing, sorry, it's called transurfing, I think. He discusses about how certain people just appear, disappear. There's this people that have had this happen to them where they just disappear and then appear somewhere else. But now the thing is, mathematically, you can have this. You can have doors. You know, you can have like, you go around the corner and you think, oh, I'm just going around the corner of this house. And then suddenly you're somewhere else and the house is huge and instead of having like three rooms it's got ten rooms and then you go back around the corner and you're back into your house and there are these things now exactly how they work why they work why that guy flew through that particular wormhole is it always there and he's the only guy that flew that I don't think so I think there are certain alignments of time and space that like make this happen which if you want to go on a completely tangential note which I didn't plan to th talk about at all brings into alchemy because alchemy was this idea of like oh no we can t change material into gold and whatever but alchemy was a very very complicated thing where you had to do certain things at certain times the position of the planets was important the time of year was important the temperature was important all sorts of things were important for you to do these alchemical things and i absolutely believe that some of them worked I, I don't know about turning lead into gold but there are certain things that happen like and another one you know in more modern times um cold fusion cold fusion was thought to be a complete bullshit that never worked and never happened and blah 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 but they were doing cold fusion in a, in a glass of water you know at, at room temperature and it was working and it's been replicated in over 90 laboratories it's supposed to be impossible so how the fuck do you explain that so And Thomas Hunter, no, the difference was huge. It was a huge difference. Um, 
absolutely not. It wasn't that. You know, it wasn't him flying at a lower altitude. It was like the difference between a two and a half hour flight and a 20 minute flight. It's, you know, he would have had to have a supersonic jet and even then it probably wouldn't work. So, but the thing is, if you, you see one, one very uh, good point that uh, the cleric, I'll call him the cleric and the other guy's the scout. So crusader number one was the scout. Crusader number two is the cleric. I'm just going to use D&D character um, classes. So the cleric brought up this point that he says, you know, people that have read, uh, or people used to read H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, and I, I loved H.P. Lovecraft when I was a kid. It's a little bit dated, you know, but it's still quite interesting. I still, you know, I had the collected works of H.P. Lovecraft and then I mailed, sent it to my dad along with a bunch of other boxes when I lived in Venice for a year. And uh, I don't know, they're out there somewhere. But um, a very good point was like, well, why would people feel afraid of such things if there was no reality to them? If there was no reality to these like obscene huge monsters that just want to eat your brain or whatever. Um, you know, and you could sort of say, well, a werewolf, you know, that's probably like a big dog with rabies or a wolf with rabies or something like that. Or even a man with rabies. A man gets bitten by a wolf with rabies and then the next thing you know, he gets rabies and he tries to bite people and he goes crazy. And you can see how the werewolf story comes out. But it's a whole different situation if just imagine you in your normal life just came across something that absolutely proved to you beyond any shadow of a doubt. You know, it's absolutely true and real that, I don't know, like vampires existed. You know, proper vampires. You have to drive straight through the heart to kill them. You know, only silver sort of affects them. And, that sort of stuff. It's like, wait, what? You know, holy water and a cross to keep them away. You'd just be like, what the fuck? Everything that I knew about everything was just totally wrong. And the reality is that you would not be able to have functioning non-Euclidean geometry in a computer program that it, that's all it's doing. It's not pretending to like, you know, it, it's not a cutscene. It's not a film where it's now going to show you something else. It's a geometric shape that allows you to like apparently appear in different places. If the maths is there, then the reality has to exist on some level, somehow. So that brings into question the whole existence of other planes of existence. Fairies, angels, who knows? Maybe a whole bunch of other people living in the same space as us but not the same phase as us so it's it's quite an interesting uh, concept and i just wanted to throw it out there as a uh, food for thought you know it's a very interesting uh, idea and it also would explain things like precognition telepathy uh, clairvoyance um, you know, people that have the ability to uh, remote view areas and so on. Which, by the way, most of these things have been used by the military, have been tested by the military. Telepathy has been tested successfully by the military. Uh, precognition is being taught to special forces guys. Um, I spoke to the individual that was teaching them. Um, it's actually in my book, in the Sistema book, it's, I talk about this and um, I mentioned some of the conversations I had with him. Uh, 
so-called junk DNA. You know, th there's so many things that tie into this concept of planes of existence and so on. Yes. Another one, of course, is, um, I think, was it the, I don't want to say the wrong name. I think it might have been the USS Eldridge. Anyway, the one that was um, written about by uh, Charles uh, Berlitz, um, the, um, the Philadelphia experiment, about a whole ship that, like, was put out of phase and, like, people ended up being, um, you know, joined to the, you know, just like, you know, in, in the X-Men, the Kitty, the, the, the girl that can just phase through things, and then, like, she can let you go, and, like, you, like, you know, she can make you phase if she's holding, but then if she lets you go, you're, like, you know, like, halfway into the rock. And apparently in the Philadelphia experiment, they tried to do this with a whole battleship, and they half succeeded by, like, men went insane, and, like, some of them got, like, um, they fell halfway through the, 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 the metal plates of the ship and then they like reappeared like joined to the ship and so on who knows if it's all real or, or, or fake but uh, yeah i think stuff like that is absolutely possible not very likely you know i wouldn't want to say yeah it's a definite thing but i think it can definitely happen and funnily enough there is an element of that in martial arts which is really difficult to explain, but it's almost like a decision. You can decide before, you know, to do this in a, in a real you know, street fight situation, in some ways is really, 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 really super difficult to, to uh, do consciously. You have to really train many years to like get to that level. But in some ways it's, it, for some people, it can just happen like instinctively. They can just go like, boom, and be there. And it's a decision. And I've done this in training, and I've taught it to people training. It's like, you know, you can have a bag or whatever. You can be punching a bag or kicking a bag or trying to move the guy and or, or even receiving punches properly or sparring or something. And you can, um, you can decide before just as the guy's starting to get the intention to hit, you can make a decision that that punch is not going to work. And it won't. And it sounds like absolute bullshit, right? Because you're saying, well, if you could do that, then why don't you just decide every punch can't work? It's not so simple. It's, But it's absolutely a mental thing. But it's almost like you work the reality bubble around you and the other guy. And sometimes you, when the right moment clicks or whatever, you can just like click into it in the middle of a fight where it's just like the guy's giving you like a really good punch. You can see it's going to land, and, but your mind just goes, no, the punch's not going to stop me. And it just like bounces off you, glances, supposed to stop you dead in your tracks, but it doesn't. It just like ping, bounces off you, and, and you just go through the guy. And you can do this both in the defense and in the offense. So you can, again, you can have a thing where it's like, oh, my punch is not really going to work. It's not great. It's like, no, my punch is going to knock him out. And doof, you know, and it just works. Um, but it's very difficult for you to choose to do that consciously. It's almost like an instinct. You, you almost have to like just train, 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 train to the point where it just like, boop, just happens. 
Uh, let me just quickly see some comments. Thomas Hunter, I've had precognition before, it's just been small things like a beat by beat lunchtime conversation a few months in advance, never told anyone about it, assumed deja vu. No, precognition is a real thing. Um, again, at the risk of sounding like I'm just touting my own books, uh, you know, if you go to Amazon, type in Filotto, my surname, you know, F I L O T O, and you can see the books I've written. There's the Sistema book. In there, I discuss precognition. And again, when I say I discuss precognition, it's not just my opinion, okay? There's nothing in the Sistema book that's just my opinion. I do give you my opinions, I give you my personal experiences, but I back up what I'm saying with like, um, you know, the, the, the keystone study, it was a meta-study actually of precognition was done by Hornerton and Ferrari, um, two um, scientists, and they, they looked at precognition studies over a period of 50 years. And a meta-study basically concludes that precognition is a real thing, it's a real human ability, it exists, and it affects a small percentage of the population, which has a very significant ability to do it. And because of that, I think his first name is Henry, uh, I can't remember, Rollins, um, has been using that to train special ops people to have precognition, because precognition saves your life, and I've personally had that happen at least twice. Once when I was a kid, and once when I was like in my, I don't know, 20s, probably. Um, one was a snake that was coming to bite me, and I was a child, and the other one was a guy, different kind of snake, two-legged one with a knife that was coming up behind me to stab me. And I literally got a picture in my head about it. And a third time, I got a picture in my head about, I was walking into a public toilet before in a cinema, you know, I was going to go to the cinema, and I was going to the toilet. And before I walked in, I was like, oh, there's two guys fighting, and there's, there's, black guy and a white guy fighting about something and i walked in as i walked in there there's a white guy like pulling this little black guy out <laughs> and this was in south africa like, this fucking pervert he's trying to look at my dick while i'm taking a piece <laughs> and you know that wasn't had nothing to do with me it wasn't threatening to me it wasn't scared to me or whatever but it's just weird you know and i've had other little little things where i just know something's gonna happen and it's like oh yeah didn't surprise me but uh, at least twice, it's absolutely saved my life. So, and uh, I'm not the only person that's had this. Like the oldest, the guy that used to train me, he um, he said he had. Um, he says yes, yes, precognition. I understand. I said it's like a, I had this this dream about all these flowers flying, you know, coming from the sky, and me like floating up. And I thought, oh. Shit, is that how I'm going to die or whatever? And I completely forgot about it, you know. And I was like driving late at night. I was trying to get home to my wife. I'd bought some flowers. And I went through this crossroads. And this guy just fucking flew the stop sign and whacked into my car. And the car started flying. And just and the flower, the petals of the flowers all over the car. And it was all in, happening in slow motion for me. And I was like, oh, that's what the thing was about. It's a car crash. Shit, maybe I'm going to die now. And he didn't die, obviously, but, um, you know, you, you get precognition about stuff. I had a dream once where, <laughs> it's weird, it's a funny dream. I had this dream where I was like running, trying to get somewhere urgently to make a fire. And I was jumping, you know, I had a big bag, a heavy bag, and I was jumping from rock to rock. And I was trying to, you know, not fall into this river and getting somewhere to make a big fire. But I was in my underpants, you know, it's like weird. I was like. And I, it was such a stupid dream that I woke up and I told my girlfriend at the time, I said, that's such an idiotic dream. I dreamt I was like 
like hiking or something with a big backpack and I was jumping from rock to rock and I was trying to rush somewhere but I was in my underwear you know like what the hell would I have a dream like that six months later I'm hiking I'm, I'm hiking the uh, Fish River Canyon with a friend and his mom and his aunt and this fucking idiot that brought us there like you know he had the the bus where all these people were going along with us and it's like we didn't know he was an idiot and he was like just a lazy moron so by the time he got to the beginning of where you have to go down into the canyon and then you have to hike along the way to get to a decent sort of like camping spot he brought us there at like 4 30 in the afternoon like nighttime in africa is like oh nighttime happens at 6 p.m oh okay oh no but it's 5 59 and it's perfectly light oh it's 6 p.m and it's totally pitch black dark you know it's sort of like that so my friend and i you know we're we're young guys, we're fine. His sister, whatever, we're fine. His brother's fine. But, you know, his mom and his aunt are already in, like, their 50s. You know, his mom's got a bit of a hip problem. And um, I'm like, fucking hell. I, I've got to get down there before everybody else and make a big fire so they can see where to go because, you know, they're going to be halfway in the rocks and stuff. And so I quickly was trying to, you know, jumping from rock to rock. And as I jumped from one rock to the other, my jeans just exploded. I'd, I've, I've had ripped jeans a lot and before, whatever, but these ones just went, boom. You know, it was, I was literally like pretty much wearing like a belt and then like, you know, like the Hulk. I don't know, just like sort of shreds of trousers. <laughs> and, it was, and then I jumping from rock to rock, you know, pretty much in my underpants. And I was rushing to make a big fire so that they could see, you know, where to go. And, you know, when I when I got home, I'd forgotten about the dream. But because I told my girlfriend, I said, you know, the stupidest thing happened. I was like, my trousers broke. Thank God Russell had a spare change because I didn't even have a spare change of, of trousers, you know, like he did. And he was a bit smaller than me, so they were a bit tight. But um, he had like some tracksuit pants or something. I was like, okay, you know, so cool, thanks. I said, you know, thank God he had that. Else I would have done the whole hike for a whole week in my underwear. <laughs> and she goes, oh, that's like your dream. I was like, oh, shit, that's exactly like my dream. So, yeah, recognition is a thing. Charlie the Chaste, hola, senor. Hola, back at ya. Uh, Cooper Chauvin says, I like the idea of parallel realities being in out of phase. I think this would suggest that you could be in harmony with other realities or vice versa. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Ever change bear? This makes perfect sense to me, and I've experienced something similar. It is more obvious when your mind says the punch will hit you. Oh yeah, that a lot of people have that. That that's easy to get. Oh my god, I'm gonna get hit! Boom. <laughs> fear is the enemy. You know, like they say, like the only thing to fear is fear itself. It's kind of true. Now, I always use this in the Dungeons and Dragons things. Imagine that you're teleported into the Dungeons and Dragons universe. And the only downside is, you know, you've got to keep cool. Because if you get scared, you get teleported into a place where whatever you're afraid of, that's what happens. And it's like, you know, you've got vampires, werewolves. The way my brother put it was like, man, I don't know about that. I mean, what if you just get teleported into a bunch of like, surrounded by like rapey gnolls <laughs> like gnolls are like 
two-legged hyena type things. Like, why would they want to rape you? It's like, they're gnolls, they're evil. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah. And Cooper Chauvin says, and phase is related to space-time, so this would allow for things like recognition or teleportation, I think. Indeed. Interestingly, some Catholic saints have had bilocation, so they've appeared to people in more than one place at a time, and some of them, there's one guy, I can't remember, Ann Barnhart wrote about him, who basically, like, grabbed his cloak, like a fucking surfboard, and a stick, and just, like, whoo, crossed the ocean or something in like a couple of hours, so. Uh, Red Cap Goblin says, does he live in a museum? I don't know who you're talking about, Red Cap there. Goblin or whatever. Ethan W says, taxi cab geometry seems to be the basis for the pi equals four kinematic arguments. Okay. Assuming the reality is discrete, the math works out. Mathis has some good papers on it. Yes, I've seen that, where apparently in, in physical reality terms of like a little ball down a tube, and I've seen the videos of it, pi is equal to 4, um, which sounds a lot neater to me and instinctively feels better. You would want pi to be 4. Now, Willy Ram says, do you have any theory on how, if at all, precognition and prophecy interact? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I mean, I, I went to a medium once in my 20s or whatever, and she told me some stuff that sounded absolutely nonsensical to me. She told me I would live on the Thames. Um, I was living in South Africa at the time. I had visited England, and I hated it. I was like, there's no way I'm going to live in, the, in London or in the UK ever. I'd be married to a blonde woman. Um, you know, I'd have at least a couple of kids. What else? It was all just like, I'm going to live on the Thames. So like, from my apartment, it's a really beautiful apartment right on the river. I was like, come on, fuck off. Sure enough, how many years later was it? About 10 years later or more, um, I had moved to London. I had married a blonde woman, peroxide blonde, but still counts, right? Um, and uh, my current wife, that uh, being the state agent that at the time found me uh, another place. Well, I'd married and separated from her by that time, the, the blonde woman. Um, that was absolutely a brilliant apartment and it was right on the Thames. And when I remembered, I was like, wait, and I still had the tape, because she did these tapes where, like, she, you know, she told you whatever, and then, like, she recorded. And I'm like, well, I still have the tape. And I played the tape, and, like, sure enough, I wasn't misremembering or anything. It was, like, weird. So, yeah. You know, there are people that can do that. Pear and Bear, acquaintance had a daydream about ticket-checking guy getting into the bus. He went out of the daydream and realized that his ticket was not marked. He marked his ticket and ticket guy entered the bus. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's a lot of little things like that, you know. But the thing is, my opinion on that stuff, it doesn't work if you care about it. You know, if you're like intentionally trying to figure it out, 
it's almost almost impossible to get it to work it's kind of like prayer you have to be like just chill and like you know yeah that's just how it is and then it works Almanda Stroke says interesting but I think that fear is a strong emphatic ability predicted situations sometimes don't happen because we prepare for them in the phase of being frightened fear is never a useful thing literally never fear is a useless emotion um, it's pointless to have it it doesn't matter you know, even if you know that 10 people are coming to kill you, being afraid of it isn't going to help you. Being cool, calm, and collected and figuring out how you're going to survive it, that's going to help you. Being afraid isn't going to help you. Being pissed off can help you. Using anger and rage can sometimes help you. But fear? No. I, I have never known fear to, do, to be positive in any way. Now you can say, oh, but because I was afraid, I didn't go there and then I didn't get raped. I don't really consider that like a positive. It's like, you know, if, if you knew that you that's a place where you might get raped, you shouldn't have gone there in the first place, you know? Like you don't need to be afraid of it. You just need to be conscious of it. Hmm. Part of me crunching eyes, very irritating. Wally Ram says, I, I just wonder if the biblical prophets and the prophetic saints were either naturally precognitive or trained in the discipline. Probably a bit of both. You can train it. Um, as Mr. Rollins will tell you, if you get in touch with him. Only fear of God is beginning of wisdom. Yes, but again... It's a different kind of fear. And I kind of know what you mean because, you know, I was discussing this a few days ago with uh, Scout. And I was saying, well, you know, since becoming Catholic, I do fear paying for my sins because, uh, you know, purgatory by all accounts is literally hell. Like one second of purgatory is like something you never want to experience. And I'm like, I don't know how many millennia I'm going to have to spend there. Man, I really don't want to go there at all. You know, can I just like, uh, you know, get a really bad, bad, bad time for like one millionth of a second and then just like be done. And uh, so I think my time there will probably be really long precisely because that's kind of like my fear sort of thing. And um, so I said, you know, I'm, I'm more afraid of, of that. But it's not a fear that is like, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's not like a terror or like I'm afraid of, you know, standing in judgment before God. It's not a fear that it's like, I know I'll deserve everything I'm getting, but it's a fear of like, ah, fuck, I'm going to be so ashamed of how bad a human being I've been, you know. It's kind of like a, a fear of disappointing God, you know, which is, I suppose the human equivalent would be like a son being afraid of, you know, his father who loves him. It's, you know what I mean? 
not really terrified. It's sort of like you just, oh, fuck, I'm disappointing him sort of thing. <coughs> but, <coughs> okay, I've um, pretty much said my piece about non-Euclidean geometry. So if you've got some questions or comments or completely different topic, if you want, uh, shoot. Go for it. Oh, by the way, hypnosis, which I just did a session, which is why it's on my mind, is actually, it does have some time warping properties which uh, go beyond just what you experience internally. And another weird thing about hypnosis is that if you go into a deep hypnotic state, I fucked up three phones like that. I don't know exactly how it worked, but if you go into a deep hypnotic state, it like screws up with electronics around you. At least that's been my experience. Pierre says became pretty skeptic about whole baptism of desire, baptism of blood. I know the argument, I know how the how to contrition works, but councils. Well, and popes were pretty clear about necessity of sacramental baptism. Yeah, it is, but there's no, there's no dichotomy. There's no. You've got to stop thinking like a Protestant. Binary thinking is for Polish people and Protestants. Oh, wait, you're Polish. <laughs> you know, the thing is, the correct statement is there's no salvation outside of the Catholic Church. But you need to understand what that actually means. The priest on the, 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 the robber on the cross, he wasn't baptized and he went to heaven. Okay? Baptism of desire, right there, proven, and of blood, because I guess he was kind of nailed to a tree, but although he didn't particularly get nailed to the tree because or for Jesus, but you know, God is not a lawyer. He's not like, well, you're a decent guy, you saved 15 widows from certain death, 200 children from pedophiles, and uh, you never lied, never stole anything. And you didn't know about Catholicism until about two days before you died. You were going to get baptized, but you got run over by a bus. Oh, so sorry. You're going to hell. No, that's not how God works. So, baptism desires a real thing. And it's always been a real thing. And it is canonically accepted. Well, I know what you mean, but some things are binary. Nowhere near as many things as you think. Of course, you're Polish, so you only have about three thoughts. And you think two of them are binary. No. No, Pion. Heaven versus hell. What about heaven versus hell? There are different layers in hell. You know, Olimbo is a layer of hell, but it's not that bad. I'd certainly take Limbo, you know... Uh, if I could spend the time I'm supposed to be in purgatory in limbo instead, whoa, would I take that? I'd, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Double it up. It's no problem. You know, 
I could be in limbo instead of purgatory before I go to heaven. Yeah, great. There's different levels of things. Woody Ram says, Biblical descriptions angels can only be understood as a non-Euclidean being described in Euclidean terms. Pretty much. Although, if you can see auras, uh, you know how angels are and, and like saints are always thrown with like a, a halo? The thing is, if you can see auras um, from certain angles, it, it people look like they have halos. You know, certain people will look like they have halos because it's their aura so like glowing and powerful that you can actually it looks like a halo in certain certain light conditions. It's uh, and again, you know, why would people draw that if it if they hadn't seen it? Who would think of drawing like a golden circle above people's heads of saints? If it wasn't there, you know, people could see it. That's why they drew it. And Wooly Ram says, uh, Pion Bear says, well, the good thief was in direct God's presence. What's your point? You think you're not? What are you, behind a screen? Like a Jew? Oh, I can do what I want. God can't see me. I'm not in his presence. We're all in his presence. Damn Polish man. Stop being Polish. Get another nationality. Get a new passport or something. And as Wooly Ram says, there are at least three canonized unbaptized saints. One of which I took the name of. Adrianus. Of Nick... Of... Um, what is it? Adrianos and Natalia of, uh, I always forget the, the name of the town, of the city they were in. The captain of the guard of the Eastern Emperor. Armando Stroke says, what if we are now in limbo? Some uh, Catholics think we're in purgatory. <laughs> Suppose it depends on the life you've had. And Pio and Bear says, Woody Ram, yes, this is one of the things that makes whole thing more to the validity of the baptism of desire. Dude, it's not even a question. Baptism of desire and baptism of blood are Catholic dogma, okay? Stop listening to the Demon Brothers. The Demon Brothers are great for everything, but they're wrong on those two things. And they're wrong on those two things because I don't think they understand them, and I don't think they understand, neither do you, because you're Polish, of the very narrow rule that applies for baptism of desire and baptism of blood. It is an extremely narrow rule. It's not like, oh yeah, I kind of want to be Catholic. I'm cool. No, it doesn't work that way. Well. I was tired, but I got energized by your slight heresy. You Polak. <laughs> All right. Any other topics? Ethan W. P and B. That is assuming that there are not more planes of existence too. I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that the spiritual battles mentioned in Daniel were fought on a separate plane. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Plus, if you have played Dungeons and Dragons, you'll know that there are dryads. Now, dryads can pick on really hot-looking guys and make them disappear. And they never join the game again. 
with some rare exception with after like one to four years appear again and like they lose some points of like i don't know sanity or something because they miss their like basically dryads are these really hot three spirits that like when they see a really cool guy that they don't want to kill or mess with or whatever they just kidnap him put him in this realm bang him for years and years and years and occasionally they let one of them go because i don't know broken down marriage or some stuff and they are forever heartbroken type guys it's uh it's kind of a romantic kind of story and uh interesting you know on that note a really freaky book that i really enjoyed was um by tim powers tim powers is an awesome writer if you're into like slightly a level of surrealism that is just frightening enough to, to be real. Um, you should read Tim Powers. And The Stress of Her Regard. I'm actually th I think I'm going to buy that book and read it again. Because I had a library copy. It's when I was poor. And I used to walk for an hour rather than spend one pound to use the bus. Because, um, you know, one pound was equal to 20 rand. And I just moved from South Africa without ever planning to move to London just because my first wife said i like it here let's move here and i was like okay yeah that's the kind of guy i am merciless bastard but you know somebody i care about says oh let's do this so, yeah okay no problem we can move our lives here why not holy ram says the point of baptism is to mark the soul by an external willful act. If in the old and inferior law the blood of circumcision was sufficient, why would the blood of martyrdom be any lesser? Exactly. Exactly. And remember that not a jot or tittle of the old law will be changed. There is that, which sort of freaks a whole bunch of people out and makes a whole bunch of evangelists go like, oh, the Jews are the chosen people. No, the Jews are the chosen people, and that means they are the synagogue of Satan. Ah, Rakiro 6, we have our token Muslim. And Rakir says, many of the Old Testament great figures are venerated as saints, were they baptized in whatever way. Piyambar says, yes, baptism of the Zara makes sense only when there is strong will of catechumen to get baptized, but die before making to the priest. I get that it's narrow. Well, do you though? Because you are Polish. The first date, he says, what's the title of the book about hell you alluded to in your interview with James Fox Higgins? The book about hell. I, I don't remember discussing a book about hell. I'm pretty sure I haven't read a book about hell. 
my interview with James Fox Higgins, which one? Because I've, I've had a few chats with him. Um, I don't remember, just to refresh my memory, like, tell me what we're talking about. I'm fairly sure I've never read a book about, uh, about hell. I read a book about exorcism, which was, um, oh, what's it called? It's by uh, Malachi Martin. Yeah, I can't remember the, the name of the title, but it's, uh, it's his writings on being an exorcist and exorcisms and how they work. And it is one of the, possibly the most frightening book I've ever read because Reading that kind of book will open you up to certain realities that you really don't want to know about. So I suggest you do not read that book. All right. Oh, have I got my... Uh... Ah, I do. Because I'm a genius. Just my uh, eyes are getting a bit dry at this time of night. So, oh no, did I waste a little bit? Oh, damn it. Ah. That's right. Now you can all say that you've seen the sensitive side of the Kurgan and how he had a tear on each eye. Holy Ram says, I'm pretty sure the Jewish nation is chosen in the same way Cain could be said to be chosen, i.e. marked by God for the crime of Cain, Cain, God slaying, and the curse is similar to the curse of Cain. Yes, they are a cursed people. The first date, says, you mentioned a book your henchman showed you, but didn't remember the title, no problem, I was just curious. Um... Book my henchman showed me about hell. Sorry, man, I genuinely don't remember. I uh, there's only a couple of books that I've been shown. My most loyal henchman has I can't remember. I, I am so terrible at names and titles of things, but uh, it's the only book he's shown me. I, sorry, I don't. I, I genuinely don't. Don't recall. Ethan W. If you think about it, we struggle not only with our own body, but we fight with demonic influences too. <sighs> so that's our other plane of existence. Yeah, I suppose, but you know, demonic influences are not as prevalent as you might think. Carlos Santos Ramoa says, Dios mío. Carlos, I think you're wearing a fedora. Hmm. Wally Ram says, this is pretty poetic. No, sorry. Few and Bear to Wally Ram says, this is pretty poetic. And Wally Ram says, God is the poet, indeed. All right, guys. I, uh, I don't know. It seems like I'm just sort of reading chat if you've. I do like reading the chat. I do like talking with you guys, though. It is, it is good. We've gone 51 minutes 
let's try and make it a round hour. So shoot any questions, even stupid ones, will be accepted today. And by accepted, I mean you will not be banned for a stupid question. However, it's got to be a genuine question. Not a fake, passive-aggressive, gammaoid question, otherwise you will get banned. So, genuine question, doesn't matter how stupid. And if it's in a good, you know, good humor, good, uh, good intent is important. Level of intelligence, not important. Carlos Santos Ramos says, couldn't find mass in Spain today. Yeah, well, uh, unless you've got some sede-vacantist priests, sede-privationist priests, uh, Instituto Mater Boni Consiglio has got quite a lot in Italy, uh, and generally in Europe, they're pretty good. But um, I would say go to Lux Vera. The, the easiest way to find the Lux Vera list is to go to... Um, uh, a website that's called canon188.com so it's canon not canon right canon with one n canon then the number 188.com and i think it's the first thing they have on there is the link to the luxvera org that gives you all the certificates churches around the world Willie Ram says, is your arm strained from sight? <laughs> Man, you see about precognition? Yeah, oh, this. Um, I actually bought a sight. Believe it or not, I bought a sight. And I found out I'm a left-handed, you know, it's like the, the one I bought is a right-handed sight. And I can do it, but I'm genuinely, I, I, I can feel like I would just be a better left-handed sighter. Um, and there are things like that, you know, there's some things in my left hand that come out better than my right hand. So like my left hand, sometimes there are certain punches that just come out. I've like knocked people out with like the left punch more, I think, than with the right. Um, what I did here is I actually pulled some tendons in my arm, in my, like in the elbow joint. And this was like months ago. And I keep re-injuring it because I'm a fucking idiot and because I'm... You know, I'm 51 and I keep trying to think I'm 26. And then I get frustrated and something is not happening as quick as I want. And I end up pulling it again and then I like re-injure it sort of thing. So I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to put a bunch of plaster in it so that at least it's like solid. And then in the last few days, I think I've got a, a fracture in my wrist. I didn't x-ray it or whatever, but I've had enough broken bones to kind of tell the telltale signs so I just strapped it up pretty tight and I linked the, the 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 strap of the I don't know if you can see there's the green strap and that's just a bit of paint there but uh, that's the green strap is the wrist and then the black strap is for the for the tendon in the arm and it's working quite well I, uh, I managed to finish the roof of the shed today like this um, you know with the help of uh, one of the loyal henchmen um, the other Lord henchman is away. So, the, but this guy, the, the, the cleric, he's he's like a machine, dude. He's like every minute that it's not filled by my acting for God is a minute wasted. <laughs> you know, he's that kind of a guy. He's a full-on zealot of the best kind. Really nice guy, um, and really good with with my kids too. He's um, 
he's awesome, really. He's a really good guy. Um, I mean, so is the other guy. They're, you know, quite different people, but um, it's it's amazing. It's amazing what uh, what Catholics are like. How different they can be, and yet how united they can be. It's uh, it's truly a ah. It gives you hope for humanity. And to hear me say that, you know, then you know it's something. Um, at a 16 injury to your arm did it did the farm take its ounce of your blood today oh it's not today this has been going on for this is this was like month one <laughs> you know I, I pulled this muscle in month one but it's like you know my dad explained it best once I'll, I'll tell you a little story that will explain why I'm a fucking moron in, in some ways you know I'm, I'm pretty good when I'm injured to like just not use that part of my body like in a normal situation, like, I wouldn't use this arm at all anymore. It'd just be like, you know, I'll just be like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll maybe pick up a glass of water because I can, but that's it. But I'm on a farm. There is no stopping. There is no, like, day of rest. There is no end. It just has to continue all the time. And, you know, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm pretty strong, and I can work. I've got more experience than the other guys, you know, I'm double their age or whatever. So I end up like doing shit just because it's like a fuck. I know if they do it, they're going to do it half wrong and, and they're going to take a bit longer and fuck it. I just want to get it done. I want to get it done right. And if I'm not sure how to do it, then I'll do it myself first because if I fuck it up, at least it's my problem. You know, I fucked it up. Nobody else fucked it up. I fucked it up. So I'd rather very often I'll just like have one of them like just help and like say okay just pass me the tools or do this or do that it's my own stupidity it's my own you know like idiocy really because I should just stop using this arm for like three four five weeks and if that's what it takes then that's what it takes but um you know I get busy and I get tired and yeah, I just I can't can't stop really so I keep re-injuring it, essentially. And Cooper Chavin says, Were you Catholic when you made the most recent revision of the face on Mars? No, not yet. I, I was not. I think that was done in 2014. I had been reading on it, obviously, for, some, for about a year. But um, no, I became Catholic on the 25th of May of 2017, if I remember correctly. And Wooly Ram says, oh, was the heretic in need of correctional tap to the jaw? Now, you see, this injury came from pulling stuff. I've never been good at pulling. You know, like in judo and wrestling, when you like have to grab and pull somebody towards you. I'm not, I'm not good at that. I'm very good at the, you know, going out stuff. It's the pulling in stuff that's like, you know, and that's how I, I, I was pulling something. You're always lifting stuff and pulling things and you know, carrying stuff. So anything heavy that I'm pulling, that's that's how I did that injury. And I'm not sure about the wrist. I think just hammering, banging, cutting. I don't know. I, I think I've just got a slack here. I've got a little stress fracture there. That's pretty sure that's what it is because... Um, like I said, I've had enough broken bones to recognize the, the, the signs. So, Correcting a heretic's jaw would have not injured my wrist or my, my, my elbow. I did, however, 
once, and it was the right hand. I did indeed break my hand on a Muslim's face once. Um, this bone here snapped it, clocked him. To, to his credit, he didn't go down, but I saw him two weeks later and his face was still blue, so landed a pretty good one. Uh, it was four of them and I was on my own, but um, somebody else got in the middle, stopped the fight, and I was, I was, I was going hell for leather. I wasn't taking prisoners, really. And, and then I met the guys, the same four guys, about two weeks later, when I had my hand in a cast, and I thought, fuck, now they're going to try and finish the job, because I've only got, like, one functioning arm, but fuck them, you know, I'm going to take them on. And I walked towards them, and they just scattered. So that was quite satisfying. Uh, Thomas Hunter, do my Novus Oracle confessions, honest and hearty, from years previous matter? They matter to you. They were honestly done from you, and therefore I believe they count in God's eyes. But Novus Orco uh, priests are, are Satanists, so uh, don't confess to them. You know, also, you've got to keep in mind, confession is a sacrament and it is a benefit to us. It is for us to become better humans. But it's not like God doesn't know what the hell you did, right? God doesn't need a priest to, like, you know, pass in the message. So if you don't have a priest available, a real Catholic priest available to confess to, you know, repent. Do it yourself. Every week on Sunday or whatever, just, like, get on your knees and, like, beg forgiveness for the wrong things you've done. And, and try and do better. Try not to repeat them. You know, that's, and when I say try, I mean try really fucking hard. Like you've got a gun to your head hard. Pure and bare, yeah, scythe, quite a weapon when you will reforge it to be straight up and go on to Vatican in Minecraft. <laughs> uh, if I had to use, you know, a, uh, a melee weapon for reclaiming the Vatican, I mean, I am partial to the rapier just because, uh, you know, I did a pay at fencing and I was good at it. I was like almost Olympic level good. If, I, if I'd carried on, the guy was teaching me who was, um, he had been on the Olympic team and he was the Olympic coach for the UK at, or, you know, when he was a bit younger. And he told me, look, if you carry on in four years, you're going to the Olympics. I was just natural for the, for the epee, which is the, you know, the, the rapier. And I do like it. I do love it. Um, but I was also pretty much a natural for the katana. What I have never played around with is the, you know, two-handed Kurgan sword, funnily enough. But you get big katanas that are like, you know, basically two-handed weapons. Uh, Tachi, actually, is the correct name. Yeah, rapier or katana. I mean, you really want the katana for the Vatican, though, because... You don't want to fuck about with them. There's so many of them that need, you know, you don't want to have one of them stuck on the end of your sword and then rapiers can break inside of people, you know. It's like you, you really want a bit of more like a, just like a slash, slash, slash and just move through, you know. Carlos Santos Ramos says, can you speak Spanish? Um, I can read Spanish and I can understand Spanish um, almost like a, you know, I would say 
90% of anything Spanish, I, I, can, I can read it, I can understand it. Um, I can't speak it as much. I speak Portuguese relatively fluently, and I speak Italian fluently, so I can make myself understood in Spanish, but I've never, um, you know, I've never like spent any time trying to speak Spanish. Bill Bear says to Thomas Hunter, you can solve it by one general sacramental confession to the valid priest. I did most serious course correction after said the confessions. There you go, Peon Bear. That's correct. Cooper Chauvin says, do you have thoughts on going to Orco Mass for the sake of being part of the local community? Yes. It's cowardly, retarded, and wrong. That's like saying, um, well, you know, uh, the only neighbors of God are like um, child raping, murdering, you know, child raping and murdering pedophiles. But, um, you know, they throw a barbecue every Saturday and like, you know, it, I, I would have to travel to like meet a guy that like I knew when I was at school who's like a good friend. And then it would just be him like and, and his wife. Uh, it's not as cool a community. So I'd just rather go to the Saturday barbecue with the, all the local pedophiles, there are like 35 of them. Um, they all rape a kid and kill the kid somewhere along the line. But hey, they throw a good barbecue. The fuck are you doing? You know? Now, if you're talking about the people that go to the barbecue who are not the actual child raping murderers, i.e. the brainwashed, zombified, churching Catholics that go like, oh yeah, I'm a Catholic. No, you're fucking not. Then I suggest you go and watch my video number one. It's labeled video number one. And then watch video number two, which is the reaction to my video number one, my response. They're slightly out of order. All my videos are numbered. Um, so video number one and two actually appear around video number six or seven, something like that. Go look at those. And, um, you know, I like you, Cooper Chauvin, so I'm not you know, I'm not saying you're an idiot yourself. I understand the question, sort of, but no, you do not go to a fake mass unless you're going there to, you know, burn it all down and take the priest to task for it, the fake priest, the satanic imbecile to task for it. Every change verse is broken wrists are annoying because you feel you can keep using it and then you make it worse. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Almondo strokes. What is it that some people have in them that they attract? What they attract mob attacks on them? It's a question I ask myself my life. <laughs> mob attacks. Uh, I I never really saw it that way. I just saw it like a bunch of stupid people, and I'm not gonna bend to them. Fuck them. But yeah, I've I've had a few. Uh, let's say, slightly outnumbered type of situations. <laughs> I just put it down to my sparkling personality and my charm. <laughs> also my good looks and my height, of course. Wally Ram says, there is a Pope-approved pamphlet about true contrition. I think it's called The Golden Key to Heaven. Read it. We all have need of this key in this age. Yeah. That's a very good point. Um, you know, Instituto Mater Boni Concilius, uh, sodalitium.biz, I think is their website, is uh, 
they sell awesome, awesome books, and they're all proper Catholic books. Some of them are only in Italian, but I think you can get quite a few of them in English as well. And Bully continues, and the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. Indeed. Puan says to Thomas Hunter, another thing, and this is my priest advice, attempt to invoke true contrition. Work on your love towards God. This will solve many things. Yeah, it was actually a dirty, dirty, dirty Brazilian whore that told me this, but it was true. You know, we're always begging and whining, asking God for this and that, and oh, please, this and that. But how about you love God? You know, you have to, it's like, if you think of like the father-son relationship, you know, when do you give dad a hug? You know, send him your love, your love. It's, that's also a cool thing to, you know, you, you should do that. And Willie Ram says, St. Chrysostomus Thomas has extremely harsh words about Jewish synagogues. Attending a fake mass is at least equivalent and might be worse. Indeed, you shall not enter the satanic abodes of Satanists. And uh, a church that was a Catholic church that has now been defiled by these vile creatures shall not be used for Catholic Mass until it's been reconsecrated. That is actually dogmatic canon law. Anyway, I, uh, there's 26 of you. I uh, guess I think I'm going to go out on a high. We still didn't have the thumbs down. I guess that guy's slacking. But, um, I think I'm going to call it a night, guys. It's been, I've been going for an hour. It's midnight. One minute to midnight. So uh, I'm going to call it a day or a night. And I shall see you shortly. Um, those of you... There was somebody who asked me to, about a hypnosis. Oh, it's the uh, Simon, the amputee. I need to ping him an email. He asked me about hypnosis and then we never got in touch. But yeah, I'm doing hypnosis sessions again. They're going really well. I'm actually super impressed at how awesome they are over Skype. I just didn't think they were going. So any of you that are interested in that, let me know. Otherwise, just buy my books by the palette. There you go. That's my little two cent uh, pumping my own merchandise stuff. All right. Have a good night. And uh, God bless you all. And thanks for being on the stream. I really... I, I really do enjoy our talks, you know, that they're civilized. There are no gammas here. And uh, well, he says, good night, Kurgan. May your arm heal well and quickly. Thank you, sir. And may you stay safe in that filthy, filthy little nation that you're in. I think that's your penance. I think getting out of there is when you find your purpose, you know, Wally. I honestly do believe that that's, that's why you're in Israel. It's your penance. Once you're done with it, you'll be able to get out and uh, come become a monk. <laughs> all right. Have a good night, all.